Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio, section 4, chapter 37. Now you cannot deny that these were great things, but there is more to add. From that time onwards, the Lord endowed Philip with a more distinguished virtue yet, namely, that while he was asleep, his body was never stained with any impure emission of the sort that happens to us from time to time, however little we want it. It is the more remarkable, because he used to sleep on his back, so that his face was turned towards heaven. By these accumulated gifts, he obtained a state of tranquility, so that he did not seem to be living a mortal life among mortals, but already among the heavenly ones, the life of heaven. If it be right to say so, he was close to the state of primeval innocence and purity. All libidinous desires were extinguished in him, and his body was subservient to his spirit. His virtue was so strong for him not to fear any attack of impure desires, and his sense of touch was so controlled that his flesh seemed to be quite without any feeling, as if he were a stone. He did occasionally say, though he spoke of this to only a few of his followers, that it would be the same to him to touch a woman or a rock. So restrained was any instinct in him, so completely quenched was any desire for sensual pleasure. There are firm and unquestionable witnesses to these remarkable statements. Above all, it was his confessor, Cesare Baronio, who affirmed it. And he heard his last confessions at the very end of his life. He related under oath that a few days before Philip departed this life, he was making his confession and burst into violent tears and sobs, unable to restrain his weeping. And he said that he was afflicted with his great sorrow because he had received so many gifts from God without any merits of his own. And of them all, the greatest was that God had preserved his virginity to that day. And for more than 30 years, he had been quite without any urge of the flesh, so that even when asleep, he was free from all that tyranny of desire. And yet he remained so ungrateful towards the generosity of God that he had never done anything worthy of the life of the blessed and had in no way responded to his divine vocation. What an example of perfect integrity. How amazing the humility of a holy man. And this is what he used to confess with so many tears, with such deep lowliness of soul. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us.
Saint Philip Neri, gentle God of youth, man of primitive times, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What is Father Galonio talking about when he speaks of the state of primeval innocence and purity? Well, he's alluding to the state of our first parents before the fall, our first parents in Genesis 1 and 2, Adam and Eve. And they were naked without shame. The man, it said, was not good for him to be alone and that God made for him a fit helpmate. He said, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And that detail that they were naked without shame indicates that there was no lust in that original state. That they were told to be fruitful and multiply. And so there would have been relations there would have been acts by which new human life came into being, but that somehow everything in them was under the guidance of reason, which was united to God by faith and love. Their emotions were not independently acting. Their imagination did not act apart from what they thought was right. Their bodies, their sexual organs, everything was done in a reasonable way, according to what they knew was the right thing here and now. In other words, there was no embarrassing activity. There was no lack of control of their members. There were no thoughts in the imagination. And this state of integrity is called the state of original justice. There was original holiness, which was their bond to God, their friendship with God. But there was this also this state of original justice. And this state of original justice meant that everything was in order. Everything in the lower powers of the human body was in order to the higher ones. The mind was below God. The passions, the imagination, the, the senses were under the power of reason and will. The body was subservient to the soul. All the animals, all the plants served the human beings. There was this hierarchy, there was this justice, there was this service. Everything gave to each one its proper due, justice. But when the human beings broke away from God, when our minds said, I won't serve, through the intervention of the devil from the outside, so there had to be a temptation from outside the human beings. Once we broke from God, we chose with our wills, our hearts, our minds, not to follow God. Then it was only just that that original justice was broken. And the mind lost the ability to guide easily the emotions and the imagination. And the body and the soul began to break apart. And the, the earth itself brought forth thorns and thistles, it became painful to have children. And all of that is the consequences of the original sin. And even when God restores us to holiness, when our minds, our hearts are reunited to God by sanctifying grace, by faith, hope, and charity, God doesn't restore us normally, not completely, 
to that state of original justice. We have to struggle. We have to labor. We endure all kinds of temptations. And Galonio says tonight that men, no matter how much they want, especially men, but it can also be to women, but mainly men is what he's thinking about, I think. They have in their sleep emissions, bodily emissions, stemming from their imagination usually in their sleep. And they can't seem to stop this, even though it's they want, at least on occasion. But he says Philip didn't have any of that. And, and we know that the women who washed his clothes and did, and did his laundry, they were the ones that testified. It's very kind of interesting. But anyways, and, and then he says not just that, but he seemed to have complete control of his emotions. Even his senses were under the control of reason. Everything seemed to be restored to that state of which our first father, Adam, was in. Or in a way, what Galonio doesn't say is that St. Philip was in some way conformed very deeply to Christ. That God had begun to give to St. Philip in this life what all of us will have when we get our resurrected bodies. That when God restores us to that original justice, which will be in heaven, he can even begin in this life to remind us of what's coming to give certain graces to certain men. And that's what Galonio interprets St. Philip to have experienced. That it was the same for him to touch a human being, a woman, as it is to touch a stone. That even the least instincts of lust had been somehow taken away. That he had been restored to that original justice, it seems. He had begun to anticipate by an overflow of grace in his body and in his powers what, what's the case in Mary and Jesus and all the saints when we get our bodies back. That's why he calls it perfect integrity. But what does this have to say to all of us? Well, it says this to us. We may not have that grace, but what we can ask for is humility. God gave St. Philip this incredible grace of chastity in response to his humility. God preserved his virginity in response to his humility. If we want to be chaste, if we're struggling to be chaste, usually we are falling because we lack humility. We still think that we on our own without God can do it. We still think that we can obtain chastity and self-control by our own willpower. Lord, give us the grace to be humble. Give us the grace to submit ourselves to you. Give us the grace to realize that apart from your son, Jesus Christ, we are nothing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.